What do you want a daughter? What do you want a daughter? I have no idea what a daughter. We could switch to progress it all. Oh yeah. We could switch to progress on za. Okay. We could za and have to buy some za. Oh yeah. Let's switch to progress it all and get some za with the money we saw. Yeah. Now we know we're gonna da da da. These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. It might just be the most normal thing you da da da. Quote da da at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. HD Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of Capital Calculus, the show which focuses on the intersection of politics and economics, something that is critical in democracies like India, especially in influencing what the little guy gets or does not get. Every week, this show will explore this intersection to try and give you a fresh perspective on the week that was. I am your host Anil Padmanabhan. The economic data for September has come as a breath of fresh air. It made us smile in relief. Start hoping the worst is behind us. And why not? Export growth turned positive, first time in seven months. Similarly, the goods and services tax collection saw an increase, again the first in six months. Same was the case with a related GST metric called the EVA bill. It is the best barometer for internal trade. It rebounded sharply in September, almost touching the pre-COVID levels in February. Railway freight saw a rare 15% bump too. And our balance of payments returned to a surplus on the current account. Indeed, a September surprise. The obvious question then, what does all this add up to? But first, let us hear the official view. This is what Expenditure Secretary T.V. Somnathan said. He was addressing the top brass of Dun & Bradstreet. First, I like to be optimistic. So I'm not sure that we'll actually contract this year, though that's very much a possibility. It's also a possibility that we might be at 0% growth or even marginally positive if the last two quarters of this year are very positive. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I haven't yet come to the conclusion that it will be negative growth, but that's very much a possibility. I agree with you. You heard the expenditure secretary. He's saying a contraction of the economy is not a given, as doomsayers would suggest. Now, mind you, the expenditure secretary made this claim earlier, much before the September surprise. Then it was dismissed as an outlandish claim. Not any longer. The new data has made us pause made us think. Unfortunately, it has left us with more questions than answers. Exactly why I spoke to Rajat Katuria, an economist and also the CEO of ICREER, a premier Delhi-based think tank. Regular listeners of this podcast would have heard him before. So Rajat, you have seen the numbers, the big macro numbers of September. What do you make of it? Is it a case of one swallow does not make a summer? Or is this indeed a point of inflation? I think it's a combination of both. Uh, you know, there is some good news, especially in the manufacturing sector. And But these are the high-frequency indicators that we are seeing are sort of biased towards the goods sector and the manufacturing sector. And to a large extent, they don't capture 
the changes that are happening in the services sector. So I think uh, there is some good news that there's you know uptick in manufacturing activity in the goods activity, but services that constitute about 60% of our economy. I mean, we'll have to wait and watch how much of an impact this good news is going to extend to the services sector. So Rajit, this taking up from where you left off. Now, if services is being impacted because of COVID, you know, it's most of the services is in a contact economy. Right. There's aviation, tourism, hotel. So, right. uh, if and when the uh, COVID challenge is overcome, presumably the services sector will also revive. Yes, I th- I think so. As as economies grow in general, as economies grow, the services sector picks up. And in advanced countries, you know that the services sector constitutes uh, about eighty percent of their economy. And in India, you will probably see the same trend over a period of time. Our services sector will pick up more and more. Manufacturing will also embed a lot of services. Uh, so I'm optimistic about the services sector picking up. There's a lot of pent up demand due to COVID because of social distancing and naturally in high dense economies like India, social distancing uh, has a huge impact and that's what's happened to services in India. But I think once the activity resumes and normalcy comes back post vaccine, which will take some time, I think the services sector will also revive and there will be some pent up demand that will be reflected in the services sector as well. So I'm optimistic about the growth of the services sector uh, after recovery. But Rajat, uh, this expectations around the vaccine, aren't they a bit exaggerated? Because first, we don't know the date. It keeps, the goalposts keep shifting on it. Secondly, even if it does come through, it won't, it'll be about two years before all of India gets the vaccine. So the fear economy is going to be with us for some time, right? That's right. I mean, I'm seeing from where I sit, I'm seeing a sort of dualistic response to that uh, in the sense that you know, there are some parts of the economy that have come back on track or are 85 to 90 percent of pre-pandemic levels. So that's good news. And I'm to the extent that, you know, social distancing seems to be a victim there. But on the question of the vaccine, yes, it will take time. We are in an uncertain environment. Uh, it will take time. But if you look at the numbers that the WHO has put out, there are 160 candidates for the vaccine. And it's spread across so many countries. And I think India has a big role to play when, if and when the vaccine, I think it's not a question of if the vaccine will come out. Uh, and I can't predict, as you're saying, the time frame that it will take for the vaccine to come out. But there are so many candidates, according to the WHO, uh, for the vaccine. And given that the clinical trials are underway, the vaccine will come out. It will take time, of course, as you say, it will take time for the populations to be vaccinated. And the, every person in the population has to be vaccinated. I mean, one of the things about COVID is that you're as strong as your weakest link. So even if one person is affected, that uh, is going to be, you know, a recipe for contagion. So you have to get rid of the entire infection. Uh, But there are candidates out there and there are clinical trials that are happening. It will take time, but it will happen. But Rajat, this fear economy seems to be triggering a very uh, predictable response from uh, local administrations, particularly the state level. Nationally, the lockdown is no longer an option. But the states, we are seeing that. And if you track the Google mobility numbers, they actually picked up and were closing in on the February levels, but have since receded again because several states have declared lockdowns. So then uh, do you see, you know, a multiple speed economy emerging that some states will move at separate rates, some sectors will move at separate speeds? 
Yes, indeed. The states, you know, in, in an uncertain environment and you want to approach it with conservatism and caution, then the, the first instinct is let's do a lockdown, as we have seen also in the macro economy uh, as, as in the entire country. But there's been a cal calibrated unlockdown that has happened across the country as well. But, you know, the, the response of a pure economy is to clamp down. Uh, but yes, we are seeing a two-paced recovery, not only, and it's not peculiar to India, you're seeing a two-paced recovery across sectors and across countries. It is, as we were talking about, the manufacturing sector has picked up, uh, the services sector will take time to pick up, and in India especially, you know, formal activities beginning to pick up, but informal activity has been affected a lot more. Consumption is beginning to revive, but we don't see investment pick up as much because, as you say, you know, there is still some sort of a, a fear about demand happening in the future. Credit offtake has been low and therefore investment has been low. So, yes, there is going to be a two-paced recovery, not only in India, but I think elsewhere as well. And in India, because of the informalized, informal nature of our our labor force, we are seeing formal activity pick up before informal activity will begin to pick up uh, in the future. Rajit, that point you make about informal activity is very significant in the Indian context because bulk of our people are in the informal sector employed there. So the livelihood debate uh, if becomes very significant if you don't see an economy rebounding quickly enough, say in the next six months. That's Correct? right. And therefore, I think what the government has done through its labor sort of sector reforms or labor market reforms is significant. What the pandemic has showed definitely and unambiguously is the fact that our social security infrastructure as well as our public health infrastructure, both are very weak and both need to be strengthened. Of course, the health infrastructure, the hospital infrastructure will sort of strengthen over time, but we cannot postpone strengthening of our social security architecture because so many people were laid off immediately in the aftermath of COVID and they were left without livelihoods, without money. And therefore the government needed to do this. And I'm so happy that the government has done what it's been talking about for such a long time, which is implement you know, labor market reforms and ensure that even for informal workers, even for gig economy workers, which are now significant part of our economy, there is they have access to some sort of social security. They have access to some sort of health uh, insurance. And I think that's a good thing. And we should sort of go down along that path because that is what second generation reforms uh, are in India, and which we've been talking about for such a long time. But Rajat, you know, good economics is not necessarily good politics. And there's already a lot of pushback, particularly around farm reforms and labor reforms. So do you think uh, it'll these reforms will kick in and generate the desired results quick enough to overcome the political backlash or it's going to be tricky? It will. It will be tricky. I think there will be a two-pace impact also on the reforms. I mean, some of the reforms will kick in immediately, for example, the labor market reform that we that we say that, you know, uh, for companies, for manufacturing firms that employ less than 300 workers, you don't have to seek the government consent to close down or to lay off workers. I think that will kick in immediately and some of the other labor market reforms which impact social security, which give social security will kick in immediately. But some of the other reforms 
in terms of you know agriculture markets or some of the other reforms even in the labor market that allow more manufacturing activity to happen because there is flexibility in labor laws i think that will happen over time and only through experience as the credibility of the reform and the legitimacy of the reform begins to get established in the market and i think for agriculture the reforms that have been implemented first through ordinance and now through parliament action the impact of this will be sort of long term i don't think the impact of this will be immediate and therefore you are seeing a lot of pushback immediately from you know people who are going to be affected but it's the farmers if you want to double farmers income and this then i think becomes a necessary part of the reform of course there are going to be people who are affected in the value chain especially intermediaries but at the same time you have to see that there will be an impetus to warehousing there will be an impetus to value chains there will be an impetus to direct farming there will be a, a sort of the monopsony power of the apmcs that had be, become so insidious in the economy that will be weakened and hopefully go away in the future but these i think these are desirable reforms in a democracy like india it's natural that uh, you know there are interests that push back but i think the government has to ride this one out just like it has to ride out the labor market reforms uh, it has to ride out the agriculture reforms that it has implemented and you know internalize the political backlash or the uh, the the political uh, you know pushback that is coming to them rajat finally is the trump card the government of india the big g as it were if uh, do they still have the fiscal power to uh, generate a second stimulus and to continue to bankroll the economy till such time the private sector gets its act together i think they do and i don't think the government in terms of fiscal stimulus had an exaggerated fiscal uh, stimulus yet i mean the fiscal stimulus for all intents and purposes has not been very large it's been about 1.5% of gdp and given so what is happening to the current account deficit if i were to just spend a little you know a moment there given that at the end of the year our current account will actually be in surplus that's the estimate that there will be some you know capital inflows services uh, haven't remittances haven't suffered as much as we had thought and our exports are actually fallen less than our imports have fallen so at the end of the year we might see a current account surplus and i think that gives some headroom for the government to engage in fiscal stimulus so the borrowing requirements of the government could be met by the fact that we have a current account surplus because savings will be greater than investment and therefore government will have some room to borrow and therefore the monetization of the deficit Uh, to that extent would be reduced and i think the government must do that must have a second round of stimulus not only because it has fiscal room to do that because that is what the economy needs we can worry about the fiscal deficit later and have a medium term or a long term fiscal framework to address the fiscal concerns of the fiscal deficit but i think the requirement of the economy today is to increase government spending that can actually then become a factor that crowds in private investment and helps revive the economy remember i said earlier in the program that consumption has picked up that investment hasn't and private investment will not pick up until government investment becomes sort of as a torch bearer to or crowd in uh, private investment and i think the government has the room uh, to invest a lot more in the economy so rajat you are an optimist or a pessimist for the next 6 months on the indian I, economy i look at the glass as half full and therefore 
I'm sort of an inveterate optimist. And I think the numbers that are coming out in September, while they may not be a signal for what is happening in the rest of the economy, but there is some good news. And we want to hang on to some of the green shoots that are that are emerging, at least in the goods sector, in the manufacturing sector. Maybe the other sectors like services will take some time to show uh, you know, positive trends, but agriculture and goods are both showing positive signs. And I think it is sort of for me, uh, it is enough to say that uh, uh, the glass is half full. Rajat is clearly hanging on to the good news. He is cautious yet hopeful about the future. And rightly so. The key to revival is obvious. India has to overcome the fear economy. It has to learn to live with the coronavirus. Sport a mask and explore the new normal. Remember, it is not just lives. Livelihoods too are at stake. And so is India's enormous potential. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Do share your feedback and ideas. You can reach me on Twitter at Capital Calculus or on Facebook and Instagram at HT Smartcast. I'll be back next week with a new episode of Capital Calculus. Till then, stay safe. This was a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.